Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Welcome back to FNA Van Life, the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And today we are talking with Jocelyn. Yeah, our heater just turned off at the perfect moment. (laughs) We're like, we got to wait till the heater turns off to film this. And then literally the second I started talking, the heater shut Shut off. Shut off. Perfect timing. (laughs) So right now we are in Alaska. It is starting to get a little bit cold here now. It's starting to get really rainy. I feel Mm -hmm. like it's just kind of like a gloom is setting in. On Alaska. Is it because we're leaving? Maybe. I mean, maybe that's the way to be like, don't worry, guys. You're not missing much. (laughs) Because if it was still like beautiful, sunshiny, like, you know, coastal town Alaska, I feel like it'd be a lot harder to leave than like cold, rainy, gloomy. I sure do hope that's the case in the sense of like, you're not going to miss anything. But at the same time, I hope that everybody who is here enjoying it gets an opportunity and loves it. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that the opportunities that are coming up for us now, we have to take, we have to be there for these situations uh, in order for us to grow on another type of level. And speaking of growth and everything that we've been putting our efforts into, like these podcasts, Podcasts have been a huge thing for us that have helped us like open up to a different audience and get us out there and help us make an income, you know? Yeah, I don't know if the podcast is really making us that much income. It's a very small income. Yeah, I think like since we've started it, we've made about fifty dollars from anchor. We made a hundred and five. Really? From anchor, yes. Oh, fifty twice. 50 twice, yeah. Yeah. And then, but we, we've also got a couple, like, small sponsorships. Yeah, for sure. I think the biggest thing that we've gotten out of the podcast is just forging new friendships and relationships with people. Big time, yeah. Because what we've done with our podcast is we reached out to a bunch of different nomads that we weren't that close to and got a lot closer by asking specific questions and learning more about their life and what they've been through and where they're traveling. So it's brought, it's definitely brought us closer to a lot more people. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of forced us out of our own comfort zones in terms of, you know, like we love meeting people in person, but, you know, it's a little bit different on the internet sometimes. So like you see somebody's Instagram or something like that. So then... You know, we're like, oh, I think we get a good vibe from this person. And then we'll reach out and see if they want to do a podcast. And then by actually doing the podcast with them, we're like, oh, like, we really like these folks. Yeah. And I think it's been a wonderful opportunity getting to know everybody. And I know that this is not going to stop anytime soon because we absolutely love this as an outlet just to get information out. to like be really as real to the core as we can. I mean, most of the time we're doing this, we're... We're just shooting right from the cuff. It's not It's not like we're super planned about a lot of things. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that would help us along the journey if we were a little bit more planned. Right now, it's literally... Is it actually 1 in the morning? I told you it was 1 o'clock. Because my computer o'clock. said that it was only... It was, I don't know. My phone is saying it's an hour behind, but 
Frank's devices are saying that it's one in the morning. We are... Is it the time change? Did the time change happen? I don't know, man. We're outside of Fairbanks near a town called China, which China, we learned today at the China Hot Springs, means chi means rocks. rocks. And na means river. river. So it's China, so it's the Rock River. And then they call it the China River, so it's the Rock River River. Yeah, yeah. If you wanted to get really technical. Or the Rock River Hot Springs. There you because go. they don't call that the China Hot River Springs. Hot River Hot Springs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we had a beautiful day at the Hot Springs today. We're traveling with our friends Adaptive Humanity, who will probably be the guests on our show next week. We were thinking about maybe interviewing them tonight, but we ended up having a beautiful dinner, and then we played Uno Countdown, yeah. which I brutally lost. <laughs> I got third place. <laughs> they took first and second. F&A really dropped the ball on Uno tonight, man. I'll tell you what, though, it was an F&A time for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. And then we just ended up shooting the shit for a while, and then apparently it's one in the morning. Yeah. That's just the way it goes out here. (laughs) But we are happy to be here talking with you guys. We're happy to be putting on these interviews. Like, I feel like we learned so much in this one today. We're going to learn more about getting set up for RVing on the road with a family. Yeah, so Jocelyn is in the planning stages of getting on the road with her two kids, soon to be three. And it's interesting because now... You know, we've had the podcast for a little while. Jocelyn's actually somebody who reached out to us and asked if she could be on our podcast, which is something so that's literally never happened before. Yeah. So not only is the podcast, you know, helping us reach out to other people, but, you know, now it's at a point where other people are reaching out to us. So Mm -hmm. if you're somebody who enjoys the podcast and wants to be a guest on the show— I mean, we're obviously open to it. Yeah, if you're looking into living this lifestyle or something that you think that would benefit this lifestyle or you're doing it already, these are the things that we're looking for. So if you are one of those people, definitely reach out to us because I feel like anything that we, any type of information we could give to the people is beneficial when it comes to this lifestyle. And remember, everybody's experience is unique and different. And just because it doesn't apply to everybody doesn't mean it doesn't apply to some. You're so eloquent, Frank. Thank you, babe. I yeah. appreciate it. That you know, that's how I, that's how I roll, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, let's roll right on into this conversation with Jocelyn. She is a lovely woman, and we are so glad that we got to know her better by having this little podcast. Yeah, let's get into it. Oh, and we would normally do a shout out right here. But we to, have zero service. Yeah, we are. literally none. We'd have to drive like at least 40 more miles down the road mm-hmm. to get service. So well, maybe we'll get some service tomorrow at Christine's house. Oh, yeah. The woman who told us about the name of the river and also so much information about the Aurora Lights offered us a jar of homemade blueberry jam. That she gets right in her backyard in the BLM land and... I mean, it couldn't be any better than that. Fresh jam. The most antioxidants out of any blueberry around. There you go. Alaskan blueberries. They're very delicious. We've helped ourselves to some on the trail and have not been disappointed. All right. But let's jump into this podcast with Jocelyn. Okay, cool. Hi, Jocelyn. How are you today? I am great. I'm great, guys. I'm happy to be able to, to chat with you. 
Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. We're really excited to talk. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background to kind of catch everybody up on who you are? Yeah, well, I'm a mom of two, soon to be three. Um, I've loved travel for forever. I've dipped my toes in it, um, traveling to like Colombia and Peru and these different places. But the exciting thing is February of next year, so 2022, we're going to be going full-time RVing across the U.S. with the kiddos and everything. So looking forward to to all of that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, what's when, ha- uh, well, it? I wanted to ask, when are you due? Like, how far along are you? Oh, like um, September. So a little okay. over a month. Wow. Almost wow. there. Almost there, ready so to go. So you'll basically have a brand new baby by the time you hit the road. Does that worry you at all? Are you, like, prepared? What are you thinking? Yeah, no, honestly, I'm I'm excited for it because I feel like usually the because he'll he'll be about six months and he'll still be in that stage where like it's kind of easy to manage once they become mobile. That's a different story. Mm-hmm. But even then, uh, I'm excited because my my two other kiddos, they're both I have a four and a two year old and then I will have, you know, my third um, and they kind of entertain each other and they play together and stuff. So I'm excited to see the whole dynamic together of you know living obviously in a smaller space but having to gain that relationship and stuff so i'm I'm excited what type of rv do you have to be able to take care of the situation with the whole family well we're, we're actually in the search of one we haven't purchased it yet but we're looking into more of a travel trailer or like a fifth wheel that can be pulled because i just like the factor of being able to take your car somewhere and not having to take your home with you I, I just personally, for, for our circumstances, like that option better. Yeah, I think when you have three kids, you have enough to kind of worry about yeah. versus like, you know, every time you start the car, you got to make sure everything's away. You got to put all the stuff off the counters. You got to get everybody strapped in. Like if you have <laughs> the car with the like, you know, everybody's car seats always in there and like it's ready to go. You just like load up in the car and then kick off. Well, it also separates your space too. So you don't have to worry about like, if you have to slam on the brakes, you don't have to worry about projectiles of any sort because <laughs> yeah. you know, you're in a completely separate cabin, you know? So I think the safety uh, factor there is definitely something to take into consideration. Very true. Are you looking forward to seeing your two and four-year-old get to see like different places everywhere? And how do you think that's going to change their situation? A hundred percent. I think it's so important to take your kids traveling because it just helps them kind of experience different things that they wouldn't experience in a traditional setting. So like, you know, having to interact with different, different people, different characters, different things in nature, just kind of gaining those skills. I'm super excited. And we love to be outdoors already, but we've never traveled in the U S which is like, we've gone out of the U S but never inside. So I feel like we got to explore our home and, you know, really what's out there in the national parks and these different places that, I know we'll enjoy just letting them like get dirty, have fun and learn in the process. That's what I'm looking forward to the most, if anything. What inspired you to kind of make this plan to get out on the road next year? I think it just worked out with timing because obviously I'm pregnant. So I want to kind of get situated a little bit, not so much traveling with a newborn, um, but it's kind of worked out where we've, you know, settled our, um, like our income to be able to work fully online. Cause that's super important, right? Like if you want to go full-time, you need to figure out how you're going to make money doing it. So being able to, we finally like figured that part out. Our 
four and our two year old, we have a good routine with them. So kind of giving ourselves a little bit of time with our new baby to kind of get in a routine, which is why I gave my, myself a little wiggle room. I didn't want to just jump right into it after he was born. So definitely, um, yeah, just looking forward to getting out there and seeing what what the world has to offer. So that brings us to our next point, like how you're making money, the jobs that you found. What is it that you're going to be doing on the road that's going to be able to afford to have a whole family traveling uh, all around uh, America? I think one thing that's super important that I've learned is to have multiple sources of income, like don't have all your eggs in one basket. Um, and so right now, what uh, what we're focusing on and growing is podcasting, like we're using a podcast to be one source of income using um i have like a stable flexible and just like random bucket of income so like the stable my husband has like a sales job that he can do virtually his own hours so that's like the stable bucket flexibles jobs like upwork and uh flex jobs and these different you know freelance jobs that you can just find off the bat and then you know like podcasting is something that i can control personally and i can figure out how to you know make money off of it uh, those are like those three buckets that me and my husband are focusing on to be able to, you know, set ourselves up so that once we're on the road, everything is just working on itself because we've been practicing it for like a few months and it's just kind of worked. We've worked out the kinks in a sense. Mm-hmm. So what is the name of the podcast? And then I want to hear more about the flexible income, like the upvote or like uh, the, those things that you're talking more about. So the the podcast that I've started is called um, Exploring Family Travel, and it's all about exploring family travel, figuring out ways that you can travel with your family. Because a lot of people think once you have kids, you you can't travel anymore, and it's it like it just gets me going every time I hear someone say that. If anything, I feel like it's a it's a bigger reason to to travel and show them what the world has to offer. So that that's what the focus is. I'm talking to families who are doing what I want to do, which is travel with their kids and just kind of gaining tips to help make it easier. Right. Sometimes it's just intimidating, but hearing someone go through it kind of gives you ideas and, and different, you know, um, ways that you can go about it. And then as far as um, like the flexible jobs, like Upwork and flex jobs, um, it's pretty much a platform where let's say you're a pod, I'm going to stick to podcasting. So like you, you edit podcasts, right. You do like audio things, you just set up a profile and you help people do what you're good at. So you kind of pitch yourself. You see a job that you can do. You're like, hey, I can help you do this. And if they like you, if they like what you told them, they'll reach out. You do like an interview process and you kind of go from there. But I love that it's super flexible. And the more you put in is, is you know, the more you're going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think a lot of those platforms are based on reviews and things like that. So kind of like, the more clients you get and the more, mm-hmm. you know, five-star reviews that you have, the more clients you're going to continue to get because then it's almost like proof of concept. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I totally agree with you that people are like, really, I don't know, especially when it comes to like van life or like RV life, they're like, how could you do that with kids? That's so like ridiculous. Like Frankie and I are kind of, I don't know, we're like of the age where like all of our friends have kids and, you know, mm-hmm. that's just kind of you know, a fact of life. It's something that we're starting to think about ourselves as well. And living on the road when having that child for the first year or two uh, is definitely in the basket of what we would like to do. And it's funny because everybody outside of us that are our friends, they all are like, when you have a kid, you're going to like settle down, right? Yeah, like you're, you're going to have a kid. Like this is what you have to do. And we're like, 
you don't have to do anything. Yeah. Like the, the fact of the matter that you're saying that this is what I have to do, just like you rubs me the wrong way mm-hmm. and makes me want to just do it even more. Yeah, you know? 100%. <laughs> Show them that it's realistic because we have tons of friends on the road that travel with families and their families absolutely love it. You know, some of them have infants, others have teenagers. Toddlers, teens. Yeah. So we saw, we met a family that had four kids mm-hmm. and they were living in a bus and everybody was homeschooled and they loved it. And all the kids were like running around going fishing. And it was like, everyone was so happy. There was one kid in particular out of all the kids that we met on the road that didn't necessarily love it. But I think that was also because he was separated from his, his, his dad as well, mm. uh, because they were, they were, um, her mom had a new husband and he was traveling with them. And he was also like a teenager. And he, he was just like wanted to like be with his friends. He was a 16 year old boy, you yeah. know, and like probably thinking about maybe sports and, and hanging out with friends. You know, girls. Understandable. <laughs> but then as he hung out more with everybody and we were all dancing and having a good time, you could see him like loosening up and feeling better. It's really about the, the people that you put around uh, your, your children and whatnot as well, you know? So. I think that's a very important thing when you're on the road is to find the other people that are out there that have families and then like create play dates and, and so on and so forth. That's great for sure. Yeah. Do you have any like your like role models for RV travel, like people that you either follow on Instagram or whatever, who have been on your podcast, who you're like, Ooh, like those are the folks that like inspire me to be able to do this. Well, I've, I've come across a few people that are doing this and as far as like people who I just look up to yeah I've met like um her name is Laurel from Frugal for Luxury and she has like a fifth wheel she has three kids and uh, she's been traveling around the world but they just started doing RV life full-time and you know it's just like you said it's, it's great to surround yourself with people that are doing what you want to do because then you don't feel crazy you don't feel alone you don't you know and you have a resource that you can ask questions and reach out to so like w- w- that's why I love podcasting because I've been able to find these people and actually talk to them firsthand. So yeah, Laura, I've met. Um, her name is Kirsten from Kids Are Trip. She doesn't necessarily travel in an RV, but she's been traveling with her kids for like twenty years and all over the world. And it just go- it's just inspiring. Like okay, I can do this. Like if there's ever any doubt, just reaching out and being like, hey, so what do you think about this? And just kind of gaining their perspective and how. You can maybe, you know, start like I asked Laura a bunch of questions like, okay, what kind of RV should I look for? What should I look for in an RV? Like what, what shouldn't I do? Where should I put? And there's all these questions that if you know someone specifically, they can be like, okay, hold on. I've been there. Let me, you know, guide you along the way. On your podcast, uh, what is one of the particular interviews that you've done that you like that has stuck with you? Like words of wisdom or something like that, that, that has really stuck with you. One thing that I've heard over and over is to travel slow. A lot of people get excited and they just start to like try to do too much and it becomes exhausting. You can't manage it, especially with kids. The kids get grumpy. They're tired. And it's just it's one thing like travel slow. Don't try to do too much. Not even in one day. Like, you know, plan for downtime, plan for naps and all these different, you know, like chill times that you you, you might get excited and try to do a lot, but really, if you're doing this for a long, you know, an extended amount of time, you got to do it slowly so you can actually enjoy it and like fully submerge into different places. 
Yeah, burnout is definitely real. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the video that we're actually editing right now for this week uh, is kind of about that at the end of it because we do so much in a single like I, I guess week. It was like, it was like a couple days, days, yeah, two or three days. We do all these events in one video, and it's like hiking a mountain and and doing this, and then going jet skiing, jet skiing and then yeah. you know it, it was just nonstop. And Alex and I like we need about two or three days just to like catch ourselves back up to feeling mm-hmm. good because we're just tired. But the benefit of that is that because you're doing this long-term travel, you don't feel so guilty or like frustrated mm. if you take a couple of days off because like, you know, if I booked like a one week trip to Paris, every single day I was in Paris, I'd feel like, oh, I got to go see the Eiffel Tower and then tomorrow I have to go to the Louvre and then, then I got it, you know, like every day you got to do something. It's got to be jam packed. You got to get to every restaurant and blah, blah, blah. Whereas like with the RV travel, it's kind of like, okay, like we did a bunch of stuff. Now we can have a couple days to just hang out by the river. Mm-hmm. Okay. You ready to go do some more stuff? Okay. Let's go check this new place out, you know, but you don't feel bad because you have the luxury of time. Mm-hmm. You're not like, oh my God, I only have three more days and I have to do everything. You're like, I could stay here for as long as I want. Definitely. And I think one of the things that stuck with me too was like travel. Um, I think it was like vacationing versus traveling. Like there's a difference. Like you mm-hmm. said, you know, when you're planning a vacation, you want to jam everything in there as much as you can. And then traveling is more of an extended thing. So I think that goes to like your same point that it's important mm-hmm. to see what kind of travel you're doing. Well, and I think it's good for you to know that lesson before you even get into it, because I think a lot of people that we meet that when they first hit the road, they're more in that vacationing mindset because that's all you've ever really known. You know, you're like, okay, I'm done work. Now I got to like do everything. And we went so hard, so fast that we were just like spent. It's kind of funny to me that we're, we're kind of wired that way from the nine to five jobs that you only get two weeks of vacation in a full year, which is a very lack of you know, time off when you think about your job and being able to have time for yourself, uh, that when we go on vacation, it's supposed to be a relaxing, it's supposed to like bring you back to wanting to feel like you're rested and ready to go back to work, (laughs) de-stress. But meanwhile, when you go on vacation, it's actually a lot more stress added into your life (laughs) because you're trying to get every single thing done. So yeah, so I think the travel compared to the vacation style is really more so what vacation is supposed to be right um i'm really interested in what type of traveling like what type of rv places are you going to stay at are you going to really do more like uh campsites and campgrounds or are you going to try to do more boondocking styled because they're all options you know i'm just wondering where you are with the children well as far as the kids it doesn't matter so much to us if we're you know like connected or off it's more about what kind of RV we get right because if we can sustain being completely off the grid and you know in the middle of nowhere in a national park oh I love it and <laughs> as long as you know like we're not freaking out or anything about like animals or something we totally do it so it's more about like once we find that RV how it can maintain us because mm-hmm. we're still in that like learning phase seeing you know about generators and batteries and all these different things that you got to learn about so once we decide on that, I think that'll make a difference in where we go. But definitely going off grid is something that I'm like super excited about. So I, I'm leaning more toward having that option at least to be able mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah, I think probably the most important thing for that with most RVs, what we've found is that they're kind of lacking in the solar and battery department. 
So like adding an extra solar panel or, you know, making sure that you have enough wattage. And then a lot of people switch out, like usually they come with like AGM batteries mm-hmm. standard, which are kind of super annoying to deal with because you can only drain them 50% of the way. So a lot of the RVers we know upgrade their batteries to lithium just mm-hmm. to have that extra power and then also not the worry that if you drain it to zero that you've destroyed your battery Mm -hmm. so that's definitely something to think about if you want to be like way more off grid and now again a little bit more like um price friendly you know so they are getting to a point where you could they're affordable now i think even costco sells lithium batteries now like you could go get like a you know, an like RV 600 bucks battery, a piece, like 105 amps, which each. is way better than like 1300 for a hundred amps. Like it's definitely becoming more, I don't know, accessible. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, and then like the thought of solar panels, solar panels are really meant to keep you trickle charging for when you're off grid. Um, they help uh, during that time, having, having something that's connected to your main uh engine up front like something that you could connect and disconnect uh that's like a dc the dc charger would be something that you want to look into because that could charge you as well while you're driving uh just some things that we could give you tips on i wonder if you can do that in a fifth wheel though yeah you, it's not connected like a, you'd have to have like a setup to go between the truck and the camper yeah you would just need um something that connects and almost disconnects. like a shore power just like uh the mc4 connectors right. for your panels it would be something similar to that it's all like mumbo jumbo to me. Like, <laughs> Don't get too technical. I'm get all needs. <laughs> so where are you based out of? And do you have kind of like a general idea of where you're going to go once you kick off? So right now I'm in Miami, Florida. So we're south. Um, so as far as what the time of year that we're looking to go, it's going to be kind of cold. And we are used to heat, heat, heat. Like I've never even seen snow before. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm debating whether to stay in the milder climate, like stay on the south end of the U.S. versus just going up the East Coast where obviously it'll get colder. Um, but it, originally the plan was to start our way slowly up the East Coast and like the Smokies and and just kind of go up slowly but surely to D.C. and these different places that we've always learned and seen on mo- in movies and these different places and actually see them in person because that that excites me like I've learned about this and now I'm seeing it in person mm-hmm. um, and honestly the whole other side of the U.S. like besides the East Coast I don't know much about unfortunately so mm-hmm. that's why we're like excited to start maybe where we know so that we can mm-hmm. reference show the kids like hey you saw this in a movie where here we are in person mm-hmm. right because especially my son he like something as simple as like night at the museum where he sees like a certain museum that might be in New York and we're like you remember this and start to like tie in these different things and integrate like schooling and different options of like learning as we travel so as of right now thinking of the east coast but keeping the weather in mind so that we're not <laughs> shocked with like how do we drive in snow what do we do and things like that because obviously that's something you have to consider when you're planning a different like trip in the car mm-hmm. yeah and probably the first month or so in the whole unit you're just going to be getting used to like where is all my stuff and how do i cook a meal and you know For sure. things to give you a little bit of like pull you back and make you feel a little bit more comfortable it will be cold but the east coast actually doesn't get too much snow especially in the city areas they're actually more um yeah they get i think on average 
possibly about three, two to three feet total. And which might sound like a lot to you. (laughs) For instance, they get like, they get 15 to, you know, 50 feet of snow. Um, Wow. Okay. Yeah. But, but, um, so New York itself, generally that one, there's like one snowstorm that happens where they get a good amount of snow and that's pretty much it. Uh, the biggest thing to look out for would be like cold temperatures or warmer to colder temperatures if they have rain and then it changes to ice. Those are the things that you just want to kind of look out for when you're headed north on the East Coast. I will say you are in for a <laughs> amazing surprise when you make your way out west. It is just nature out here is just the most beautiful, I feel like. Um, it's kind of sucked us in mm-hmm. and it's, and it's kind of hard to get away from the West coast <laughs> because of how beautiful it is. Yeah. yeah. That's why I'm definitely excited. Cause I know there's like this whole other part that we don't even know about and being able to explore it firsthand. I'm so, I'm so excited. Like I, I'm looking forward to like, okay, get in the East coast and just, just start exploring everything else. Well, and how cool is it that you can give that to your kids when they're so young, you know, like you've lived your whole life and never seen these things and they're going to get to see them before they're five, you know, six years old, which is like crazy. Yeah. They're going to understand that there's a change of elevation. They're going to see the mountains, the weather. Yeah. It's really exciting. Yeah. And a lot of people ask me like, Oh, are they not too young to remember these kinds of trips? And I feel like certain things, whether you actually have a full memory or not, they impact you, who you are as who, like your character, how you handle things and things like that. And I think travel is a great way to expose them to different things and they can become well-rounded. So like whether or not my newborn or my two-year-old remembers, it's not about that specifically because I feel like it's still going to impact them throughout the process. Well, you know, if it didn't matter at all, we would all just leave our babies in cardboard boxes in the back of the room <laughs> until they were like five years old. And then you're like, oh, you're going to remember now. Let's go hang out. If anything, I feel like at those ages, it's very important to give them as much as you can, like show them everything you can because they suck everything in like a sponge. Yeah. Like you're saying, whether they remember it as a specific memory or it just helps them guide them to show them that there's so many different things, so many different types of people, uh, all a lot of nice people too out on the road. So it's like you, you get this idea of like the world isn't as bad as what the TV may show you, you know? So it's like, yeah, you have this opportunity to see more and experience more than consuming more. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the idea of that. Um, you know, grow, I grew up in Brooklyn, uh, in New York, and it was an amazing place to grow up. I had, you know, 100 kids outside my house every night, and it was spectacular to be running around through the city streets and whatnot. And I was fortunate enough to have a family member who had a house upstate, so I was able to actually see upstate. I remember loving upstate every time I went. Missing my friends a little bit, but loving upstate and like getting a completely different experience of life when I went up there um, and then living in Florida for a little bit. And Florida was interesting because it was a completely different pace because I went to the West Coast of Florida. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's a completely different pace. It's more chill. Yeah. It's way more laid, laid <laughs> back. Everybody just wants to kind of hang out by the beach, you know, salt life and and just, you know, go on their boats and you know, nothing's, nothing's all of, of urgency, yeah. you know, 
Um, so I think it's great to get those different experiences because I know my friends in New York didn't understand what that kind of like not having a sense of urgency all the time was like. That makes a lot of sense. And honestly, a lot of times, like just as simple as like Tampa from Miami, they're much slow. Like they do things slower than than we do. And I've heard New York is even faster. Never been. But I've heard it's even faster than we do in Miami. So like I have family and friends that live up in Tampa and I go and I have like this like sense of urgency, like, okay, let's go. And they're like, slow down. What's the rush? And it's crazy how just, just like a few hours away, it makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. And then imagine going to the other side of the country and like seeing yeah. the difference there <laughs> too, you know? Uh, and I think what's going to happen since you have that sense of urgency being from Miami, like it's a more upbeat, more fast paced lifestyle. When you first get on the road, you're going to, you might struggle a little bit with the fast and slow pace. You know, um, I know that I still do to this day. Like we, we move around a lot and uh, we try to take our time going places and, and staying in particular places for at least like a week or so. But there's friends that we have that stay in places for a month at a time. And two weeks. Especially the people with the bigger rigs, I feel yeah. like. Cause like, mm-hmm. like for you, for example, like you could drop your, fifth wheeler off in like a desert like boondocking spot and then just take your truck everywhere to like see all the cool stuff and just like have the rv in one spot for like a month and still be able to go get groceries and go do all the touristy stuff and go to all the different places but your house is always right where you left it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so what is it that you're looking forward to the most out of this experience? Like what, what is it that you're looking to receive from the experience of the traveling full-time? I think it's just like the, being able to be with my kids as they grow up and my husband as well, like having that like tight relationship as a family so that even when the kids do grow up, like the relationship still stays there. I've, you know, my parents, they're amazing. They, but they had the traditional nine to five and I saw like, you know, they always wanted to have vacations, but they only had certain time to do it and like we're not being able to figure out how so i'm excited to do it while i'm so young my kids are still young we can actually enjoy like a lifetime of it and not do it where it's so late where they're too old they might not want to do it they have other stuff to do so definitely creating those those relationships with my kids and creating the memories as a family you know is is something that's priceless to me because i try to do it at home now and you know it just being able to add another level of like adventures and excitement and, you know, just being in nature, I think is going to impact us all in an amazing way. I got a really good question for you. Um, (laughs) When it comes to you and your husband, right. How much time right now do you guys spend together? Is it most of the time or is it, you know, he has a nine to five and you don't see him as often. Uh, Cause I know a lot of people that get into this life, aren't necessarily ready to spend 24 seven with their significant other. Yeah. So my husband and I, we've both been working from home for, for a few years now. And there's been times where we, you know, we have to switch off so we don't see each other as much, but recently we we're literally together all the time. So we're used to that, that interaction and that constant contact. If you ask like my sister and her husband, they'd like kill each other because they're not used to being together all the time. So it's definitely like something to consider. But luckily, we're we're used to being together all the time and having to like bounce off each other's, you know, whether it's like each other's vibes or like we have to work around each other's skills and kids 
school and work. So luck, we've had that practice for those last few years and we're, we're slowly but surely fine tuning those. <laughs> nice. Good, good. And so is there anything specific that you're doing now to kind of plan and get ready for this big adventure next year? Yeah. So I have like a few things, like I like to put things in like buckets. So like our income is definitely something we're working on, making sure we, we have everything online so that once we get on the road, no worries, right. You don't want to be stressing about it. it I feel like it's enough to, to worry about where you're going, and how you're going to get there. You don't want to have to worry about like financially how you're going to get there. So mm-hmm. we have the bucket of finances that we're working on and making sure we have several resources coming in. Um, and then it's like just doing the research and the podcast is a great way that I'm doing that. Cause I'm literally looking for people who can help me do what I'm trying to do. So like getting informed about RVs and how to purchase them and where to go and places to go and routes to start on. So like the research phase of it is totally real right now for me. And just starting to slowly explore, like, we're just going to look at Georgia and I'm sticking to the state of Georgia and seeing like, what can we do when we start to go North and, and explore a little bit. So slowly like taking like little chunks out instead of uh, going in and like trying to create a whole route. Cause I'm sure things are going to change. It's not going to work out the way I planned. So I'm trying to like stay, not, not go too far out and just stay a little bit closer to hopefully simplify it a little bit. I think that's super smart. Cause like you said, things change and you know, the weather might change and you decide you don't want to go that way. You want to go this other way, or somebody might offer you an opportunity to like come and check something out. That's really cool. Or I think that's like one thing for us is like the flow of life is so real on the road because you know, somebody offers you an opportunity and you just say yes, because you have the time Mm -hmm. and you have the freedom and you have the flexibility to say yes to things. Mm -hmm. And it's really beautiful because it takes you to new places that you would never have put on your travel itinerary. And not only does it take you to new places, but it also allows you to grow friendship a lot faster. So friends become family a lot quicker out here on the road. Um, just because, uh, one day you spend with somebody, you actually spend a full day with them a lot of the time, rather than the maybe one or two hours that you spend with a normal friend back in like a city life, you mm-hmm. know, or you wind up caravanning for two or three weeks with uh, a, a family in particular, and they almost become your extended family. And then your kids mm-hmm. become such great friends with them that they want to continue to travel with you guys and so on and so forth. And I'm sure that will happen when it does. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, quite amazing that there's so much uh love and support within the community with each other i've definitely gotten that love just from like reaching out to people and just ask questions they're just like open books and like just just want to help you out i've i it's sometimes intimidating but like once you actually start to talk to people it's like they're just human and and they're willing to help you out too mm-hmm. i think a lot of people in this um area we all we all need each other so like in other words when we're out and we're traveling we need people in general to be nice people well otherwise it taints our experience right so why don't we give that back always you know because we, you want you want to try to always keep that positive energy coming your way so if you could always give it back as much as possible you know it will it's like karma you know will always mm-hmm. come back to help you out um Right now, we're actually sitting at a, a friend a friend that we met literally on the riverbed. 
two days ago. Two days ago, he rode up on his four wheeler, and I started chatting with him. Then Alex came out and started chatting. Next thing you know, the guy takes us on a four wheel adventure for the three <laughs> of us because he has two extra four wheelers. And now we're literally oh, sitting nice. at his house. That, and we met the guy two days ago, you know, <laughs> and like he offered showers and, you know, whatever. And we offered to cook him dinner. And, you know, you really get to know, you know, who he is. His sister's and, coming this afternoon. We're yeah. probably going to meet her, too, and hang out. <laughs> for a while. Yep. Oh, that's so, so great. It's, it's amazing. Like uh, life on the road really treats you well if you're willing to open up and allow people in as well as give back to others, you know. Yeah. Do you have any like, Yeah. Do you have any big fears about getting on the road with your kids? Like what's what's something that's maybe like worrying you about the whole thing? I think obviously like the safety comes up like where you're going to stay cuz like if it were just me and my husband, obviously I know we can just pick up and go, but it's a little bit more complicated once you have kids. But if there's one thing that I've learned with talking to people who Great thing about an RV is you can just pick up and go if you don't like where you are. You know, a lot of like, just do your research and you'll know where to go, where not to go. So I think it's just a matter of like, once I get started, that fear will just kind of dissipate. And it's more something that I've heard a lot. So I'm trying to like break that false belief that like, you know, it's not safe on the road. Like you mentioned, there are nice people out. Like you can't just believe everything that you've seen or heard on TV or in movies because that'll keep you from exploring. So definitely going with like the 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 like the mindset that like there are good people out there we will you know we will find them we'll come across them and obviously I'm sure there'll be bumps in the road but I don't I don't I'm not gonna go out expecting those things to happen so and more of like just kind of gaining the experience of like parking and camping and knowing where to go I think it's gonna just give me that confidence yeah I think it's definitely a learning curve Mm -hmm. like our first couple weeks in the van we're definitely you know, stressful, you know, trying to find somewhere to sleep and you just are like (laughs) worried about it. Um, But then now that we've been on the road for almost two years now, it's like, you don't even think twice about it. You're like, okay, this looks like a good spot. We've, you know, we got everything we need. We're good. Um, And then the other thing that you said that struck me was, you know, like, you know, people watch all these scary movies or they see like the, you know, they watch all the terrible news things or they listen to all these murder podcasts. And, you know, we put up a story the other day about meeting Kevin and how we were going to hang out with him and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like half of the comments on it are like, oh, my God, you're going to get murdered. Is this Dateline oh TikTok? Like, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of it's funny because it shows how much fear is placed into our lives to kind of control us from doing things that we love or that we don't even know we love. Uh, mm-hmm. because the fear is already put there and, and it keeps you in one particular situation where it's like, if you just thought about it and really like every single person that you've ever met in your life, at some point in time, they were a stranger, you know, at, like, except for your, your mom and your dad and your right. siblings, right? At some point in time, everybody else was a stranger. The only difference is, is that they were put in front of you with like a school setting or a work setting, or you're out at a bar and you meet people. Mm-hmm. I, I think really, truly it's about one, like maybe a 1% chance of being on that other end of the situation. It's very rare. Does it happen? Yeah. Should you always have a little bit of, you know, mindfulness of that? Yes, of course, you know, understand the person's vibe. And, and when you're talking to pick up on cues that you would normally pick yeah. up on and, and just realize that, 
you know, use your, your gut and your mind to really know whether or not you're in a good situation. And it will tell you when you're not, you know? Mm. So I think you want to get more in touch with yourself and understanding your own feelings more than anything when you're on the road. It makes a lot of sense. The intuition, follow your gut. I 100% agree. You get you get the vibe. If something's a little oh. off with someone, whether you're traveling or not, you, you get the vibe. So just listen to it. Makes sense. Yeah. And I noticed like um, there's more there's more people per capita in larger cities. So you're going to have all different type of characters in larger cities for sure. And you're going to have more stress and more tension and more of that in larger cities. So like being in New York, realizing how much tension and stress is there, you could see why people would go off the rails mm-hmm. and, you know, or just be fearful of or, each other. Yeah. Like everybody in New York has like a, an angry face on almost. And they're just walking around trying to get where they're going. But if you actually stop someone and you were like, Hey, excuse me. Like, do you know which way 34th street is? They're like, Oh yeah, of course. No problem. Like <laughs> they're super nice and friendly. And you're like, you know, it's just that mask that you kind of have to wear when you're in a big city because there's just so much energy. And I think you're kind of caught in your own thoughts of where you have to go next, what you have to get done. What's like, where am I? Like, you're trying to check all your boxes. So like, you're not looking at your phone necessarily, or you like have a list that Mm -hmm. you're checking. You're constantly thinking about those boxes that you're trying to check off. So like everybody else, you're kind of oblivious to, you know? So, yeah. So let me ask you, you have, you and your husband have both kind of like alternate work arrangements already. And you've been doing this for a couple of years and you have kids. So what do you guys do for health insurance? Uh, well, right now, um, honestly, my husband deals with that because insurance and me over my head. <laughs> it's so confusing. I, I try not to deal with it. So that would be more his ballpark. I know everything is taken care of. I'm pregnant now too. So like everything is taken care of. But I'll be honest, that is not my topic because it just stresses me out on a whole other level. (laughs) Understandable. Do you know like the name of the provider or anything like that? I would be lying if I told you. I try to stay as far from it as possible unless like something happens. I stay as far from it as possible. All right. Fair enough. enough. You're like, all right, I'm going in for this baby in a month. We're good. (laughs) It's like, we're good. Exactly. There's full trust in that one. And I just let it go. Nice. So it sounds like you're going to be trying to get on the road too with um with no debt at all, correct? That would it's something that like if we're going to be working to bring it down, but mm-hmm. we're really excited to cut down the expenses so that once we're on the road, we can really dig into it and mm-hmm. you know like try to narrow it down even more because I feel like obviously there there are different expenses uh, that I I'm sure I don't realize yet that come with traveling in an RV, uh, but. I do plan on it being significantly lower than what we have right now. So we can actually, you know, put more into debt. That That's, that's mm. the goal, pay it all off and just not to worry about that. Gotcha. Mm. I think that's smart because living on the road is generally less expensive than living in a house and having to pay your rent every month. Like even if you financed the fifth wheel, your monthly payment would probably be less than like a rent. mortgage payment or a rent mm-hmm. payment. And do you rent right now or own a home? We rent. You rent, yeah. So, um, depending on whatever that amount is, I mean, life on the road, like for us uh, in New York, an average rent is anywhere from fifteen to twenty five hundred dollars. You know, um, for a one bedroom, 
you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, being on the road, having our own little one bedroom house here only costs us about $500 a month, you know, just for the home because we have to pay for the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, other, other than that insurance and stuff like that, we pay ahead of time for one full year, which is, I think it comes out to maybe like 1500 to two grand. So we're about three grand, uh, like total when it comes to one month of payment plus insurance. Um, so it's actually really low if you think about it, you know, if you're paying month monthly rent every single month, you know, we're, we're mm-hmm. way lower than that. And that's not including utilities and stuff like that. Right. Um, where in here we have no expenses when it comes to utilities, except for the occasional, um, uh, fill up charge. Like if you want to fill up water in some places, some of them might be $5, you know, so oh. it, it's extremely inexpensive. <laughs> Most of them are actually free. You can find a lot of free ones. Um, but yeah, there's normally like a $5 expense to that. Mm-hmm. I think that that's great. And that's, I, I feel like one thing that I've, I've learned is that's why a lot of people start also to like cut down their expenses and be able to use their money more how they want to, instead of how they have to. And, yeah. and doing that, you know, traveling in an RV or in a van allows, gives them that, that freedom and that flexibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think, well, what I want to do is I'm going to send you a copy of our book because it's actually all, well, the first half of it is all about planning to get on the road. So like how to budget to get on the road and how to cut your expenses and pay off your debts and, you know, get everything, all your ducks in a row, basically to be able to travel full time. And then the second half of the book is all about like where to sleep and where to do your laundry and, you know, how to find right. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to send you a copy of it when we're done, because I feel like you know, as you're in the research phase of this whole, you know, new life adventure, mm. having a copy of the book would actually be really super helpful for you. Yeah. I mean, oh, we've kind of been you. in your shoes at one point in time. And um, I think the only difference that you'll have to do is since you are going to do it with a family, you might have to adjust a couple of the things. And I think it will help you out tenfold. Yeah, I look for any resources available out there. And literally, you just said everything that I'm looking into. So that sounds like a a great resource right there. So thanks. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Cool. So do you have any advice for people who are kind of in your shoes right now? Like, what would you say to them to do to kind of follow in your path? I would definitely say just surround yourself with the people that are doing what you want to do. I think that alone gives you that like excitement that you can do it too. A lot of times we're around the people who tell us like that you're crazy and that you can't do it and it just stops you. So if you feel in your heart, like this is right for me, I, I it's it, it wasn't just like a random thought, like it's something that stuck with you, then pursue it and surround yourself with the people, even if it's just on social media, but like just follow those people who are going to help you get closer. And if you can actually talk with them, and then don't hesitate and just be curious and, and try to learn as much as possible and just start doing it. You'll, you'll see that if it's for you, it'll start unfolding on its own. Well, thank you so much for doing this with us today. We're so excited for your you know next phase of your life. <laughs> and we're definitely going to have a link to your podcast and everything down below so people can come and check you out. Yeah. Oh, and we, no, we can't wait to see where, where this takes you for sure. We're excited to see your path because... It's exciting to watch others find their way as well. I can relate. You guys looking da- like back 
from your experiences like oh they're doing it too so that's that's so cool thank you guys for having me it's been a lot of fun to chat with you guys Man, I learned so much from that little interview. It's kind of crazy because we don't think about van life or RV life as much, but a family since it's just Alex, myself, and Paco. Um, just all the little things that you got to really get set up and ready for. I think that they're going to do an amazing job, though. What do you think, babe? Yeah, for sure. We'll definitely have to check in with them. You know, she's about to have the baby and then six months out from that. Yeah. So it'll be a little while before they catch their feet under them because I feel like there's always a learning curve when you first get on the road. Those first couple of months are like a bit of a whirlwind. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine it's even more so with, you know, three kids yeah. in the mix. Um, but I'm really excited for them and I'm really excited to see how it all ends up. I'm looking forward to hearing a podcast, too, because if Alex and I decide, you know, when... We want to, uh, you know, make that situation happen for us, you know, family. You know what I mean? <laughs> then, then we could learn a couple things from her, though, on how it's going for them. Even though we're different, there might be some things that we could pick up, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, her whole thing is interviewing other people with families. So just like we're interviewing other nomads, she's interviewing other people families. with families. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting to get that point of view because... In talking to our normie friends, they're like, you can't have a baby in a van. But yet, here we are. The examples. Yeah. Well, we're not the examples, but she no, well, is I'm the saying, example. Here we are listening to the examples. Right, right, know? right, right. But just, yeah, like... Just we, like we're examples to other people of being a couple on the road, you know? For sure. Or just Or a couple with a norm. super sweet dog who's mm. so sleepy and tired. He's laying right now, like, yeah. But, like I was saying, you know, like, we've had multiple friends tell us, like, well, as soon as you guys want to have a baby, like, you got to get off the road. You got to settle down. You got to get a house. Kids need stability. What they need is stability in parents. They need stability in their family members. They need people around them that are going to allow them to thrive and become the best versions of themselves. And you can still have routine in a van. You can wake For up sure. every morning at the same time. You can do breakfast the same. You can, yep. you know, just like your picnic table might change every day to be somewhere different. Yeah, and the stability would be them learning on how to get certain things that they need, like necessities, like how do they actually get water from somewhere rather than it just coming out the faucet. I honestly don't feel like our life is not stable at all. No, I think it's actually extremely stable, to be honest. Yeah, like I feel very grounded and rooted, probably more so than I did when we were living in New York City, which is strange because we're not grounded or rooted at all. I think the difference is, is that we spend a lot more time at home like or around our home. Where when we lived in New York, we were never at home. Right. You were at home only a very small portion of the because time. You because you were at work, at work. Or commuting. Yeah. yeah. So like what kind of real life is that for a child too? Like, you know, you get um, only a few hours with your kid a day. You know, if the mom and the dad both go to work, the kid goes to daycare. Like, I want to bring my kid up. Like, I want to show my kid how to do everything. You know? Mm -hmm. And if I have the opportunity to be able to do that, believe me, I will. I wonder if our kid's going to have your accent. Um, probably a little bit. <laughs> but he'll also have yours. Yeah. Or she'll also have yours. It'll be a weird one. I like how I'm already saying he. <laughs> well, our little boy Paco definitely has our accent. He is very tired. I am very tired. I'm very tired, too. So we're going to sign off. <laughs> and we love you guys. And we're so thankful for you guys listening. If you want to be on the podcast, just let us know. Make sure... To pick up our book, if you really, 
<laughs> oh, sorry. I had a little something in my throat. But yeah, make sure to pick up the book if you really want to learn a lot more about van life. Alex has written a beautiful book that you could look in the link in the description and it's right there for you. Or mm-hmm. become a Patreon and get an extra podcast. Yeah, we're actually just about to release our monthly podcast. It comes out on the 20th of every month. So if you want an exclusive hour-long, given the real dish and the real dirt and everything that's going on in our lives and behind the scenes and things like that. That's and, where you'll find it. Yeah, so come and join us over there. And, of course, be sure to Follow this podcast wherever you listen. Give it five stars. Write a nice review. Because next week when we have internet, we'll be sure to read one of those reviews for you. And if you really want to do us a big favor, share us with your friends. Get the word out there and let them know that they can live this life too. All right. Enough of this commercially sharing propaganda. We hope that you guys have an F&A night.